Well, hey everybody, welcome once again to our online gathering. We're just so thrilled that you're joining us again. You've hit play, well done from wherever you are. And uh, we're already hitting the middle of June. It's hard to believe that summer is like right on us and we're just gearing up for summer. And we're just so thrilled again that you've hit, hit play today. And I'm super excited about the next couple weeks. I think the next couple weeks are gonna be phenomenal. And uh, I hope you can join us as well next week. Here's what we're gonna do. Um, you know, one of the things we really value at Praxis is coming around the scriptures together and uh, wrestling through this. If you look to the archives, we've wrestled through so, so many books of the Bible. And obviously gathering with the church week in and week out is a huge part of our apprenticeship to Jesus' as disciples. But I've, I've just been thinking a lot the last little while, especially with the moment that we're in, with so much going on around us, how there's other things that have really developed me as a follower of Jesus. Some of my discipleship, and I'm sure you're the same, has really been developed around things like bonfires and around long coffees and beers with people just talking about the way of Jesus and wrestling together. Or uh, I always think in our, in our home, it's kind of the back deck, you know, those summer evenings where you're with friends and you just start talking about Jesus and the kingdom and what this means for us. Well, as much as we love wrestling through the scriptures and doing all that, I really feel like we're in a moment where we kind of want to have a back deck moment. And so the next couple of weeks, we have some phenomenal, we have the best, all right? We have the best guys that are going to come and they're here with me today. And we're just going to take the next couple of weeks and just wrestle through some different things. And really, again, kind of have this back deck moment where we just share from our hearts uh, what God's doing in our lives, what we're seeing happen in the world. We're going to talk about race and racial, racial reconciliation and, you know, the racism we're seeing right now in our moment. And obviously, we're, we've really seen some things the last few weeks that have hit the media and social media. We want to talk about that. We also want to talk because all of us are fathers and we want to talk about fatherhood and what this means, what it means to be a man in the church in our uh, moment. And we'll probably talk about mentorship along the way too and what we're uh, just really excited to see happen in our lives and in our church over the next little while. So we have the best. I'm really pumped that these guys are with us. Hey, why don't we do this, guys? Welcome. Why don't we go kind of around the horn? I feel like Tony Reale. And if you don't know who Tony Reale is, that's okay. This is like a dream come true for me. There's a show on ESPN. It's called Around the Horn. But I got some uh, guys here with me. Why don't you guys just go around uh, and just share uh, who you are give us a little bit of background about who you guys are hey guys uh so i am jay lawrence uh i originally grew up in south africa moved to england and then i've been in canada for eight years um i am married to laura uh, we have two kids uh, isabella and joseph been a part of the praxis community for about a year now um my kind of day-to-day -day, I, I work for youth for christ i run a, a basketball program uh, working with mainly high school-aged boys uh, here in the community. Amazing. Marco! Hey, hey. my name is Mark Rodriguez. I've uh, been part of the Praxis community since City View days as well. So, you know, back uh, 10 years, close to that anyways. Um, and uh, yeah, so so day to day, I uh, work in insurance, very exciting stuff. Um, so work for Allstate Insurance and uh, we have an agency here in London that I oversee and uh, have an awesome team of, uh, of agents as well. And um, of course, uh, attend church with uh, my wife, Chelsea and son, Elias and uh, new baby on the way as well. So yeah, uh, next month. Awesome. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Serge Kaniki and uh, I was originally born in the Democratic Republic of Congo 
And I uh, grew up in South Africa, spent some time there, uh, and moved to the States for university. Uh, went to Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, lived in the States for about uh, eight years, and then moved to Canada some 10 years ago, and uh, joined Praxis Church also uh, around the same time, about 10 years ago. Uh, actually, it was Royal View at the time, and then um, started uh, Praxis, or City View at the time, with these guys, Drew and Marco. Uh, I'm married to Nicole, uh, and uh, I have two sons, Noah and Micah, 14 and 9. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, I'm a IT analyst at uh, TD Bank, and um, I also coach basketball. I uh, coach for the uh, London Ramblers and uh, also work with Jay at uh, Compass Basketball where, uh, where we do some uh, coaching together. Amazing. Amazing. Hard to believe 10 years too, eh, for the church. Just crazy. Crazy how time flies. All right. So here's what normally happens is you do interview style and then at the end, like I don't know if you guys listen to podcasts a lot, at the end they'll do rapid fire questions. And my pet peeve is why don't we, why don't you start with some rapid fire questions? Are you ready for this? Okay, here we go. Shawarma or sushi? Shawarma or sushi? Shawarma, hands down. That's easy. All right. That's that's easy. Marco? Shawarma all the way, 100%. That's a tough one. I would say shawarma as well. Cool. I'm shawarma as well. Shout out to the London Shawarma House and just, you know, our... I'm, I'm allowed to have it once a week, but I've been lobbying during quarantine to have it a couple times. And now there's other shawarma places popping up all over the place, which is great. All right. Uh, favorite watch during quarantine. And, and I'll, let me just preface. Favorite watch during quarantine, but it can't be the last dance, okay? Because that, okay, that's just a given. Serge, favorite watch during quarantine. Obviously, last dance by far, but... <sighs> <laughs> that is, well, you're, you've just taken everything away from me, Drew. Uh, the, the last dance has is, is definitely been uh, a, a thing in our house. Uh, but uh, I would say, you know, on Netflix, we've been binge watched a few things. But, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, there's been a lot of uh, coaching clinics and stuff um, that I'm interested in. So I've, cool. I've just watched a ton of that during the, uh, uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, cool. Jay, can anything come to mind? I'm going to be honest here and say like in quarantine, uh, obviously with kids being home every day and spending a lot of time with them, which has just been great. Like kids movies have been happening all the time. So I'm going to say Trolls World Tour. Okay. All right. Like, is that- I, was, I was surprised. Like, <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed it, man. It was good. Like, so is that the new one that you had to rent kind of that had come out during quarantine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, yes. Have, we have that one as well. It was a good movie for sure. I get them nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, uh, Disney Plus all day for sure in, in the quarantine. All right, one thing you need to get done around the house over the summer. <laughs> uh, one of the things for us is really simple. Uh, like not simple, but I, mean, I know is just just clearing our backyard and just again because we've been at home much more. So just trying to make the house uh, more kid friendly and just trying to create more space, more room for uh, for the kids just to run and, and play. Cool. Marco, you're always just toiling. She's got a list for me on the fridge, actually. So she's got a uh, before baby comes list. And mm-hmm. on there, I got to fix the doorbell. I have to hang hooks in the bedroom for some hats. I have to uh, 
clean both cars. So there's there's a couple things on the list. There's no doubt. Clean the windows. I got to clean the windows in the house as well. Cool. So a couple things on the list. I, I have a honey-do list as well, like Marco. You're not alone, brother. I got you. But uh, on on top of that list is uh, just refinishing our our stairs and uh, front room uh, floors. They're they're hardwood. So it's probably going to require a good week to do. So that's big on the list right now. Nice. Okay. Uh, And this could, you know, take the whole time. I know we're probably already out of time with this, but LeBron or Jordan? Oh. (laughs) And I, honestly, it's to me, it's not even a long conversation. There's one answer. It's MJ. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Marco. I don't really actually watch basketball. I know, but I yeah. I with MJ because uh, back in the 90s when I was growing up, that was, you know, he, he was huge. For sure. Oh, man, that's so tough. You make it so tough, Jay. Um, uh, Not Jay, sorry, Drew. Uh, Jay makes it tough sometimes, too. Uh, I would say I grew up with uh, Michael Jordan, but I, I also watched LeBron since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may change my mind next week, but I'm going to say LeBron right now. You know, I'm, I, uh, man, the last dance was phenomenal. But it's, uh, it's so hard. Eight finals in a row. If he wins with the Lakers, that, it, it's still hard. With Jordan, you know, six yeah. finals. Um, I think six finals MVPs. Like, it's crazy. But uh, I think there's more. Anyway, it's harder to win, I think. It was hard to win in the 90s. But I, I was thinking this morning in the showers, thinking about this. Um, if only, like, that Miami team pro- almost only won one of four. Like, they almost lost. If you yeah. think Ray Allen shot, they don't win that title. So that may be the knock is they had such a good team and really won two of four. And, I mean, the Mavericks. I wanted the Mavericks to win. It was kind of more – it was a good team, but more of a pedestrian team. And then, obviously, ran into pop in those guys. So I'm in the middle, too. I, I'm, I don't think it's as easy as possible. Is a Die Hard a legitimate Christmas movie? It's not a feel-good Christmas movie, but it's – like, to me, it's, it's part of Christmas, too. Um, I couldn't watch it with my kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it with Laura, but it's it, – yeah, it's – it's definitely up there as part of like the part of December. For year. sure. December 23rd for me. Marco, legit? Die Hard? Absolutely. It's got a Christmas tree in it. It's, it's a Christmas movie. All right. Sweet. Have not watched it in years and years and years, so no. There you go. Although it's a great movie. Yeah. All right. All right. Final one is this. Because we all play fantasy football together. Who do you think out of the four of us was the best, finished the best, and who do you think finished the worst? Are you talking this season or last season? Because like, uh, <laughs> so last season, final standings. Okay, I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna say that you know, I you know I was a newbie into the league, and I took the league by storm last season. Took it by storm. This season, I really wanted to encourage my other brothers, and I wanted to to share the the love, and I was struggling from the beginning. <laughs> I was struggling from the beginning, and actually, Mark was. One of the guys at the draft night, I was like, man, he's, he's playing these percentages really nicely. I'm like more of a maverick. I was trying to like take risks and take rookies. It, most of the time, it doesn't pay off. And it didn't pay off this time again. Yeah. So uh, I would like Mark's team, solid from day one. Um, and I, yeah, I was not. And I've got to admit to that. And, and next year, you know, I've already, already started thinking and planning and strategy. Nice. And nice. Um, yeah. 
So here's the thing, I, I, ESPN wouldn't let me in to check who is the best and who is the worst from last out of the four of us because it wants me to reboot the league and I don't want to do that. I, I do that on August the 1st. It's like a tradition. So I don't even know. But I think, Jay, I was, I was the bottom of the four of us. I think, Mark, were you in the playoffs? You were in the finals. Yeah, yeah Mark. Oh, the finals. Mark won. Mark won. You won. You won it all. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, there you go. It came down to the last five minutes of the it final did. game. Yeah, poor, Kevin Carino. Poor Kev, yeah. if you're watching. Yeah, that's right. Kevin came out of nowhere in the in the very end, right? It's yeah. uh, the last last four or five games he came out of nowhere. But uh, funny enough, I actually don't really watch football either. But and you uh, won. So but you I'm a numbers guy, in, Mark. I'm just what's yeah. I'm a numbers guy, and so you know, before the draft night, I had to do all my research and and look at everybody's numbers and find out not just the numbers of the players. You got to look at the team as well, right? Very and true. And you just got to you know. F- I find like the it. predictions and uh, and that's that's how I draft. So. Analytics guy, I love it. I love go. it. Uh, cool. Well, th- just some fun. I think that's fun. Uh, pr- it's yeah, funny to be in fantasy football leagues together and uh, quib about some of these things. Uh, you know, it's been um, it's been a really interesting few weeks, as you guys know. And uh, I just from my heart, I've just been gutted as we've watched racism take center stage uh, through the death of George Floyd and, and many others. And, you know, the racial injustice we're seeing, uh, I don't know, but I know you guys as well, have been broken. Um, just how hurt people are, what this has uh, conjured up, the inequality and injustice, injustice and some of the things that we've seen. Um, for me, it's also been a moment where, you know, I've been, my, myself has been confronted uh, to be honest, I've just been on my, you know, on my end, just learning to listen. Um, it's hard as a pastor dude, right? Uh, pastor dudes and gals always seem to have something to say. And, I'm, you know, as we talk about systemic change and, you know, some of the things we've seen, I just um, really want to come from a posture of listening and learning. Uh, somebody really wise uh, recently in the last little while said this. They said there's a lot happening in the media right now. And people are building opinions. People are trying to argue about who is right or wrong and trying to see whose fault it is. What I encourage you to do is to listen to people's stories, to listen to true stories, and use that as your foundation. Be compassionate as you listen to those stories. And that was actually Jay on social media that shared that. <laughs> so, you know, with all this, uh, how, how, are you, how are you guys feeling through this? I just, I just like to hear... You know, how you're feeling um, in this moment? What are the, some of the things on your, your heart? I'd love to, I know our community too would love to hear that. I can go first. Uh, so it's, um, it's an interesting time for sure. Um, I think uh, just leading up to uh, George Floyd's death, it was already um, pretty uh, interesting and shocking with... Uh, Ahmaud Arbery's murder that was caught on video and, and just the news surrounding that. And then not only that, it was Brianna Floyd as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, Bri- Brianna Taylor. Um, and, um, y- you know, it's just surreal, but also great and, ho- and hopeful at the same time, seeing all the support uh, that is going on around the world, really. It's not just here in North America that you're seeing uh, marches and, and, and just protests, but all over the world, um, to New Zealand and uh, Australia, there's, um, to England, there's, there's, um, there's, there's hope, uh, even in our home country of South Africa. So uh, there is hope uh, that change 
will happen and people are starting to listen i think people uh, i'm not sure if people have just had the time to observe and uh, and absorb things but i think uh, at the same time people people know that uh, enough is enough as well um and and that that's great and um that that gives me hope you know, uh, both Jay and yourself, yourself, Surge, as well, have had different platforms, and it's been beautiful uh, through a news article, through you, Surge, and I've just really appreciated your heart, Jay, through all this and the call to listen and compassion. How, what, what are you sensing? What are you feeling? What have you been feeling over these weeks? I mean, I think it's, it's difficult to, you know, to talk about some of the stuff in isolation because none of it is in isolation, and as Surge said, it's it's a number of events and, and we can almost just keep going back and further back and further back. And I know this is going to sound like a, a terrible analogy to use, but I remember learning about, you know, World War World War Two and some of the ways they used to kind of um, try and get information from people and almost torture people. And there was that I think it was called the, the drip technique where this, the, the tra- a tap would drip on someone's head over a very long time and eventually it could, you know, almost crack your skull. And I feel like for years it was like dripping, like so many different events and Trayvon Martin and all these things, it was like a steady drip. And then George Floyd was almost the incident that that cracked people's hearts and broke people's hearts and, and tore people's, um, just the way they looked at the world. And, and I think just seeing that on video, and again, I don't think it was that one incident, it's just, it's years and different incidents of things. And I think what's been interesting for me, um, like, to be honest, I'm sure like everyone else, like that week or 10 days or now it it was really heavy and it was, it was hard to see good. It was hard to feel hope. Uh, but I was encouraged by the amount of people who were just asking and asking questions. I think as a, as a black man, like, Sometimes people can expect us to be an expert in this and, and we're not like, and that's why I think like telling your story is, is all you can do um, yeah. because we can't answer for other people. But I, I will say that it, that it was, it was painful. Um, but I, for me personally, like I'm starting to see hope, but I also realize that I have to choose to want to see hope right. and I have to choose to want to trust God in this, or I could just kind of, you know, throw my hands up and just say, well, let everyone just do what they want to do. Like, I have to trust in a God that uh, is faithful. And I, you know, I, I believe that it with, with everything that's happened, I hope it's not just a, a social media thing or something that's current. And people, you know, you know, everyone's putting on social media, that black screen. I hope that in a week from now, in a month from now, in a year from now, that people are still trying to understand. Yeah. rather than just do because it's what we're supposed to do. And, and I think even yesterday I was walking with my kids and I, I feel more hopeful for them because two weeks ago, to be honest, I did it. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled to look at the world and be excited for them. But again, I knew, I know that it was part of my own posture and my own heart that I needed to strain to see God in this um, because at one point it didn't feel like there was any hope. Yeah. Uh, Marco, any thoughts, any feelings? Yeah, so so for me, you know, it's uh, it's definitely been um, a, a bit of just learning, listening yeah. to, to what everybody is saying, right? I know that you know I've heard from Serge and Nicole uh, stories from the past, even just uh, stories with Micah in his school. Um, you know, I've I've had friends in the past uh, tell me stories about 
um, their experiences uh, and encounters with with various different people. Um, I personally experienced one situation, you know, maybe about 10 years ago um, that was very apparent to me that um, this individual, uh, black individual is being treated differently than the rest of us uh, mm-hmm. and the rest of us were all white, right? So I, that, that was the, the one time I witnessed that, but I know it, it's kind of like Jay said that there's definitely been the drip and we've seen it, we've heard it on social media. Um, and I think that companies and corporations specifically are really waking up to this. And I, uh, I think, you know, this week alone, uh, I received a couple emails from, um, my workplace and an association that I'm part of clearly, uh, you know, dictating what their, their position is. Um, and, and so I think that that's, it's a huge wake up call for a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I've been listening and watching to see how I can take part in this and uh, be a positive influence and be somebody that's not just standing by, but somebody that's um, able to actively be um, part of the movement in, in making sure that we do move forward. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I love that, that input from all of you um, and different experiences, you know. I, I also think... Um, through not just praxis, but what do you think this means for the church? Like what, what can the church ultimately learn from this, you know, as we move forward and from some of the things we've seen with racism and, and, and also uh, even what we've seen rise up? Is there, is, do you think there's anything we can uh, learn from, you know, this moment? I think it's something that's been, something that filled me with hope last week and I, it was, it was really difficult to get through it, to be honest, and Serge was part of it as well. We had a we opened up a platform for all of our players uh, to sign in on Zoom, and we, you know, we kind of cut our usual program of a workout, a book study, and we we just spoke about what's happening in the world, and it was great. We had, you know, from a grade eight guys to uh, you know senior high school guys. Uh, we have, you know, many black players in our group, and we had a lot of our white players sign in too, and and coaches, and you know, like I said, Serge was there too, and it was it was really encouraging. I think. To, you know to hear the coaches share but you know we we kind of handed it over to the boys and just say hey if anyone wants to say something or share or ask a question um, it's over to you knowing that you know teenage boys let alone adult boys uh, don't naturally necessarily want to talk about their feelings but sure. guys eventually started to share and I was yeah you know I, partly I was encouraged and also my heart was broken um, because we had some guys who just said, you know, coach, I, I hope that, that out of this situation, people can see that I'm more than just an athlete. Like, just because I can jump high and because I can shoot the ball, like, there's more to me. And I can want more for my life than just being a basketball player. Wow. And, um, yeah, like, and, and that was just one of my takeaways. I'm, so, I'm sure Serge has some too, but that was – that moment, that that session, and we we almost went over time really with the guys, and and we could have kept going. And what I realized was, young people are noticing, and they are feeling, and they are part of it. And it's not just about what politicians say and what celebrities say, but like how young people are watching and yeah. they are listening. And it encouraged me to keep this discussion going. And I was also. I was impressed by our, our white players who came to that Zoom too, who I'm sure for them was slightly awkward. It was sure. slightly like, I don't know what to do, but they were there anyway. And, and I love that. Like to me, that was just, it was so powerful. And, and that moment, like that helped me 
digest the rest of everything else that was happening. Just knowing that the boys that we work with, um, that we can help them and that we can help guide them and, and love them and encourage them. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely something that those conversations need to happen. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a great moment, but I also realized that we need many more moments just like that one. Yeah, and as you as you talk about the youthfulness, like young people really bringing and wanting change, that was uh, that's the thing that has stood out to me as well is just the passion of young people for change. Even in the rally we had uh, in the protest in London with Black Lives Matter, the, the uh, just m- my mind was blown. It just um, just the youthfulness of folk leading the way. Um, Serge, you probably have some things to share on that, you know, being involved with uh, what Jay was talking about. Uh, maybe you also yeah. want to lean into a little bit to even what we can, you know, the church as well, what we can take from this. Right. Um, I think where we're starting is a, is a great place. Um, yeah. We have to have the conversations. You have to talk about the difficult issues. Yeah. Um, and you have to build awareness. I think this whole movement is about awareness. Um and I think the church plays a big role in that. Uh, the church is an integral part of society. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a practices is a very important part of my life. And, and I do expect um, the conversations um, to carry on. I think that, that that's very important. I do expect um, awareness to be built. Um, but also just know that there is, there is injustice, just like there's injustice with with poverty, with, uh, with um, sexism, uh, with all kinds of discrimination, um, there is systemic racism as well, right here in London, right here in the city. Jay and I see that all the time uh, with uh, the community that we serve. Um, and, and I think uh, from a biblical standpoint, um, it's, it's pretty simple, but um, at the same time, it's, uh, it, it, it can be easily overlooked because we've been so used to be calloused in society yeah. and even in the church about racial issues um, that we don't know uh, what our brothers and sisters might be going through. And I think just being aware of of those things is, is, a, is a great start. But going further, um, uh, just knowing that Jesus talked about making sure that the poor and the hungry and, and, and the sick are taken care of, but it's also the racially marginalized people um, right here in the city that and there are so many of them that, 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 that need help. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think that you know, taking action um, will, will come after we've listened, after we've talked about it. Uh, I think then we need to take some action. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, in light of the church, you know, this is a gospel issue. I know some people will quib about whether or not this is an absolute and I hope our community hears this. Racial reconciliation is a gospel issue. And I've said, I've had conversations even with a surgeon others, you know, even and I know it was different in the 1st century for sure, but to read the New Testament properly, you have to read these letters and the reconciling work in Ephesians and Corinthians. There was a lot of hostility in that day and it's amazing to see how the new testament writers were like no the church the 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 church is living this out different 
And uh, I think, you know, I, obviously we're now 2,000 years later, and it's certainly different issues in a different time. But man, I just, I often feel about how the church, you know, needs to, to lead the way in this. Mark, you've been a part of the church. Well, what I love about you, man, is from a young guy, and uh, we were part of the same youth ministry together, and um, a great leader in the church. Um, what do you sense? Do you sense, sense anything as far as that comes to mind or your heart for the church and, and just moving forward? Yeah, I think that uh, Serge and Jay did did a fantastic job hitting yeah. a lot of the really important parts. So, you know, um, I think that starting with the conversation, starting with what we've got going on right now is is definitely the, the perfect start to place to start. I know for me, I want to have more conversations like this one-on-one with Serge, with Jay, with yeah. with other uh, black men and women as well, right? Um, yeah. Just to be able to understand more because like I said before, I don't have that personal experience of being uh, treated or systematically, um, you know, um, ha- systematically have the racism against me like like others do. So I think having those conversations first, but like Serge said, eventually there does have to come action. And yeah. uh, I, I think that there's a lot of things that the church will be able to do down the road, um, you know, such as go into... Uh, racially marginalized uh, neighborhoods or areas to um, serve, right? Um, and there, there will be other uh, other potential, um, you know, opportunities for us as well. Yeah, Drew, yeah. I think. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I mean, no, I, no, yeah. something I, I thought about, and I've also heard, you know, some, uh, I guess, other comments about that over the last few weeks. But, uh, but obviously, I mean, this all comes on the back of the pandemic. You know, on mm-hmm. the back of the coronavirus, and and maybe that's maybe that's a big con- a contributor to why things have happened in the way that it has, because it, it allowed people to zero in on almost one specific thing, because yeah. because we weren't too busy, like we weren't well, too busy to go to meetings. And just to say, Jay, that's what I yeah, and to say, I often think is, uh, you know, God's hand in moving and bringing this type of awareness. It's just interesting how this is all aligned together. You're absolutely yeah. right. Sort of yeah, I, off, but yeah. No, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I agree. And I think with the church, I think, you know, it, I think the pandemic has also opened up the question about the church. And I know for me as a Christian, it's like, what are we doing with our time? Mm-hmm. What are the things that we are, are fighting for? What are the things we're giving energy to? And I, I think we've all realized in this time of quarantine, I think it's brought a lot of clarity. And I think yeah. it's, we've realized like, actually, I don't need a lot of time, you know, maybe going to the mall or I'll speak for myself, going to Foot Locker. Um, like, <laughs> like, we waste a lot of time with things that are not that important. You know, like, again, I'm just, I'm speaking for myself. And, and now when these things happen and you realize, man, there's some really important things happening in the world. And also there are, there are people that need us in the community. Yeah. And sometimes we are too busy. Like we're too busy to hear. Like we're too busy to hear the noise and to hear the cries of young people and, and anyone, you know, if, if, if I'm honest. It's, you know, it, it, it's interesting how this, this pandemic has maybe opened our ears and has forced us to be quiet and has forced us to stop and actually yeah. see the world, maybe how God is seeing it. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely been uh, enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I can't agree more just with how this has all, you know, come together. Um, it's, uh, 
I feel like it's timely in that sense. And uh, my prayer for our community is, God, let, let, let it be. Let the conversations happen. Let us respond, um, you know, with agape, with this kind of love that we see for br- our brothers and sisters all around us. And uh, it's so important. And I think you're right. This moment with the pandemic and everything, it slowed us all down in, a, in, a, in, in many ways, a good way. And uh, so I, just my heart is that our posture would just... I turn towards God in this moment. Hey, buddy. Welcome, welcome to the conversation. conversation. What's, What's up, Joey? Joey? This is Joey. Hey, Joey. Joey. Good, Good to see, see you, man. man. <laughs> sorry, guys. No, no don't, don't be, be sorry. sorry. No, you just had a nap. You just woke up. Sorry. Awesome. No, no problem at all. You know, one Drew, you, you, yeah, keep sorry, just, just to add to what can the church um, do or what is the church's role or, or uh, what part does the, the church play in this, uh, I think uh, from a macro standpoint, obviously, we, we know that we have to be aware. We know that we have to have these conversations. But, uh, you, you know, I think I look at our community, for instance, and one of the things that's great about our community is that uh, we have a, a lot of young people. And with, with that, uh, essentially tells me that the young people in our church are, are the future of yeah. this city. Um, and we're raising uh, kids as well who are interested and they're looking at us uh, to find out what we do. And I think it's, it's probably even more important for us as a young church to, to educate our, our kids, to have these conversations with our kids um, when the opportunity comes up to, to, to really stand up to and get out of our way and out of our comfort zone yep. to to address some of these things in our families and to look for ways in which we can partner with people to um, to have the conversations and to take action. Uh, I was proud to see some of our Praxis uh, members um, at the march that we had right here in London uh, last weekend, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, march. Uh, that was great. Um, you guys made an appearance, I see. I did see online as well uh, some other people uh, that were there, so I was I was pri- proud to see that. Yeah. I think I think that's great. Um, I think that our, you know we just need to continue to talk, but also when when it comes to taking action, we just have to self reflect and like Jay said, very important is what are we spending our time doing? What are yeah. we? What causes are we engaging in that are making an impact right here? In our yeah. city, right, right, right here where we live. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm thankful that the conversation here can just start and continue. And I'm just really thankful for you guys and your, your input. Uh, you mean the world to me. And um, yeah, my prayer is, I hear you guys talk. Uh, my prayer is, again, let it be God. Let um, let your light and your love uh, shine through us. And it really does. It does start with us. Um, I'm wondering, you know, uh, we're kind of out of time for today. Um, I'm, would you guys stick around for another week? I would love to talk with you guys just about fatherhood for Father's Day. Would you join us for another week? And, you know, just uh, men in the church. Is that all right? Can you stick around? I got to go. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, I just, uh, I hope you can send these guys some love. But we are going to be back next week. And we're going to talk about uh, fatherhood and just the church and what this means for us. 
And uh, I'm just, again, really thankful for these guys. I just pray that what we've talked through, again, this kind of back deck moment would stir something within you. God, reconcile us. And we ultimately, our prayers is God, reconcile the world, but uh, do it through us. And so maybe for you, that's just uh, the spirit speaking to you today, just about the little things in your life that you can help in uh, in reconciliation. As, as Jay talked about kind of the slow drip, this doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, we think about year, a year, five years, 10 years, and the belief, uh, the change we believe God is going to bring through this. Uh, with all this said, uh, we're just so thankful you joined us. Why don't we just, uh, why don't, I would just love to pray this. You know, every, every week we pray a closing prayer. I'd love to pray this over our community. Let me pray it over you. Father, Son, and Spirit, empower us to imitate you in everything we do. Guide us to put off our old self and put on our new self in Christ. Help us to walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's say it together. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for being with us. We're going to have these guys back next week. Have an incredible week. We'll see you soon, church. We love you.